Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a resiliency expert and Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor, helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the many and varied challenges of life. Find out more about me in this interview at my website, which is Tom, the number two, and Tall, T-A-L-L.com. My guest today is the amazing Jessica Dumas. She's the owner and founder of Prime Image Life Coaching. Her passion is personal and professional development coaching and to motivate others to reach their highest potential through natural gifts and personal vision. Her wisdom has been gained in overcoming the hardship and tragedy she has experienced in her own life and in turn chooses to advocate and promote the understanding of the current and historical matters of Aboriginal community. She is a powerful and professional role model. Jennifer demonstrates all qualities of great leadership. She is currently serving as chairman of the, or chairwoman, I guess, just chair <laughs> of the Aboriginal Chamber of Commerce. She commits her time to membership in committees that promote success, sustainability, and innovation such as the Winnipeg Chair Chambers Human Resource Leadership Council, Excellence in Aboriginal Business Leadership Award Selection Committee, and a number of others. She is also certified a life coach through the Certified Coaches Federation, which is founded by my amazing friend, uh, Derek Sweet. Welcome to the show today, Jessica. Thank you very much, Tom. We have been communicating for a while, and it's exciting to finally have you on the show. Yeah, it is. It was really exciting to, I remember our first phone call, and uh, we sort of just hit it off, and I think we had so much to talk about, so definitely exciting to uh, to participate today. All right, and one thing we have in common, we are both fans of Napoleon Hill. Yeah, definitely. And I, my very first, uh, I think how I first discovered you was in my research of just looking at Napoleon Hill, you know, people who are sort of following the practices and, and sharing it. So that was really exciting to, because I don't know anybody else who who knew who Napoleon Hill was, so it was exciting for me. <laughs> Nice. Now, as I mentioned, you are a certified life coach through the Certified Coaches Federation, founded by the amazing Derek Sweet. Derek Sweet and I brought um, Victor Hansen, author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, to Ottawa about 25 years ago. Uh, wow. I, uh, he's about three feet taller than me. The guy's a giant yeah. with an, an infectious smile. And so talk about what it means to be a a life coach and about being certified from the Certified Coaches Federation, I believe, not just because of Derek, but it's the 
best uh, life coaching certification on the planet. And so talk about what it means to be a life coach and specifically, you know, why you decided to go with a Certified Coaches Federation. Sure. Um, I personally haven't met Derek Sweet, so uh, that's very cool that you guys have that relationship. I'm very honored to be certified through that federation. I think that um, uh, it's just it's a it's a great opportunity for anyone who's interested in getting into coaching because it really helped me just find the platform of what it is that I wanted to do as a life coach. So. Um, what it means for me to be a life coach is that I'm demonstrating everything that I talk about. So, for example, on my website, I have a list of topics such as um, thought patterns, moving on after loss and divorce, single parenting, building confidence and motivation, all events that I've dealt with myself, that I've stormed, that I've overcome in my life. And uh, I really feel like life coaching is what allows me to be in that position to to demonstrate everything that I learn when it comes to wanting better for myself. And I think that having stormed all of the issues that I did, I feel really good about where I am in my life. I feel like I'm moving forward. And um, and like I said, being a life coach allows me to to share those practices of being a motivated person. It's uh, nice when you've gone through those challenges and are able to use them to help other people, to encourage and inspire them during their own challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I realize that any success that I have is it's not about me or about what I do, but it's about what people want to talk about and what people are needing when it comes to soul food. And I think as a society, we don't often talk a lot about healthy, loving relationships. And so, again, that's something that's really important to me, um, having tools and practicing my own. Just something. So as a life coach, it means that I get to talk about these things. And uh, I enjoy spending time researching and finding out better, like, or not better, but just ways to really implement these tools and make them easy for people to understand so that um, they can easily pick them up and say, okay, I can do this. And uh, and I like to make myself available to sit down and and uh, talk about those things step by step and, you know, how do we really get it into our lives right now. Nice, exactly. So how did you get to where you are on your journey at the moment as a as a life coach and you're involved with the Aboriginal Chamber of Commerce uh, but uh, you probably didn't start off uh, early in life did you knowing exactly what your purpose your definite purpose was as Napoleon Hill refers to it how have you evolved over the years and and how did you get to as I said where you are on the on the journey now well when I was in high school I, I wanted to be a high school guidance counselor because I had a guidance counselor. Her name is Mrs. Stargarter, and her and I still are connected. And um, I, I thought that the work that she is doing to help youth get out and, you know, do something that they're interested in doing and, uh, you know, really do, do something meaningful. To me, that was something that was sort of always at the back of my mind, although I didn't really want to be a high school guidance counselor. I wanted to be able to offer that same type of support but 
in a different way. So it was 2012 when I was unemployed and I was looking for work. And like most entrepreneurs, I'm sure, I was searching through job listings after job listings, and I couldn't find myself fitting in a, any of these positions that I was seeing <laughs> that were listed. And I, I really felt a fear to apply for these jobs. I felt like um, I felt like applying for those jobs were me putting myself into a box, and it really scared me. So I began to explore a little bit more of who am I and what did I want to do with my life? And uh, because of all of the, the tragedies that I had experienced in my life using my youngest brother and my cousin, who they were killed when they were really young and uh, it was separate events. And, um, and I was divorced, which left me a single parent. And um, so I'd gone through all these major events and it allowed me to spend time making the decision that I really had to do something that was really important to me, something that was really meaningful and something that was absolutely true to me. And so I spent a few or more than a few late intimate nights with Google and uh, observed the term life coach. And I think it was just, uh, you know, through the job searching and, you know, coming across all types of industries and, um, types of work I came across life coach and so that's what led me to the certified coaches federation is I found more information on that and I thought to myself if I could just get the certificate it'll be the step that I need in this new direction that I want in my life and um and so I took that that training in September of uh 2012 mm -hmm. and um yeah, and it's just really allowed me to do the meaningful work that I've been wanting to do. And um, I like to work with youth. And I just, I remember that when you're young, you don't want to listen to anyone else's advice. You only want to listen to, you know, what your friends are going through and, and what you experience. And so for me, it was important to um, just make that information available to youth. And so that was sort of one of the first things that I started doing when I started life coaching was I did some youth programming and resume development workshops for youth and working with some school divisions. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really good. It felt really good to me. And, uh, I volunteer a lot. I always have. So with the Aboriginal Chamber of Commerce, it was around the same time that I had joined uh, the chamber and it was wanting to get more involved with the business community and I knew some friends who were on this for uh, board members and so I, I became a member I uh, joined the board and uh, have been serving the chair person for uh, it's been over a year now and uh, and yeah that's been it's been really good to also connect with other professionals I also have a a meetup group that I do with some people who are interested in doing more speaking events and um, and coaching type work. I call it Star Treps, which stands for Starting Entrepreneurs, and uh, we meet once a month. And it's it's basically like a support coaching group kind of thing. We get together and and network and promote each other, and uh, so I I enjoy doing that as well. 
Nice. And now most life coaches that I've talked to or know, uh, they tend to specialize in certain areas. You can't necessarily cover everything. And so uh, what are your, who are your ideal clients uh, that you work with? Well, I, I have been able to narrow it down because myself as well, when I first started, I was so pumped to get busy that I wanted to do everything and anything. So <laughs> I was chasing <laughs> after every opportunity because I thought, and I, and I knew for the most part, I knew I could do that. I could do this. I could do that, right? There's so many <clears throat> exciting opportunities. and uh, But I did also realize that, yeah, I kind of have to narrow it down because that's just crazy, and I do want to be able to specialize in in certain areas. So, the the areas that I specialize in the most would be stress and anxiety. So, helping people um, identify their triggers and then finding realistic tools that they can use right on the spot. And uh, so that's one of my things. I also like to do um, customer service training. I believe that. Uh, there's a lot more better customer service that we can receive out there. So that's also something that I enjoy spending my time doing. But it's really working with people who are feeling bored or they're mis- misdirected in just the rush of life and how do they find their passion? How do they find their fun? So someone who is looking for something like that. I also like to work with management who want to develop a a real leadership relationship with their organization and uh, support their staff. Not not all management have those skills and they still need to be developed. So I um, believe that I've had my own opportunity to develop that leadership relationship with different organizations and so I like to share that. And uh, and I also facilitate. I love facilitating. I build engaging facilitation workshops and um, yeah, so working better together with groups, with individuals, and um, defining yourself is another workshop that I offer. And it's really just about being a higher self, being a higher you. Mm. Uh, let's talk about this, uh, helping people find their purpose and their passion. Uh, it's what I get asked the most about, most questions about. It's what I do the most coaching on. Uh, and it's the number one success principle of the Napoleon Hill 17 success principles. Once you find and know and know that you know your purpose, why God put you on this planet, it really helps you ignore a lot of distractions in life and focus almost maniacally on pursuing that purpose and that passion that you are created for. Uh, Talk a little bit about that because once you have that written document and you Mm -hmm. know it's the right purpose, boy, Mm -hmm. that really is exciting, isn't it? It is. It's so exciting. And that's my favorite part of coaching is being able to be a part of that and so I have a a questionnaire that I will share with people and it's a list of passion questions is what I call them and uh, it's really getting people to stop and think about what what gets you excited what makes you happy and I know sometimes when you ask someone that question for the first time they're like I have no idea 
So then I'll give them some activities on what they can do. And for example, one of them would be go to the bookstore and, you know, give yourself some time at the bookstore and just search. Don't go with any intention. Just go and search and find out where do you end up? Where do you spend the most time in that store? What's the most interesting to you? And um, that's one of my favorite things to do. And I laugh because I still love to do it just because I love the bookstore, but I always end up in like the, the business or the self-development section. <laughs> and uh, but I think that's a really good activity. And, and uh, it's, you know, for a few of the clients that I worked for that needed that specific assignment, that's what they did. And, and, you know, things went really well. So it's really just getting people to stop and, and think about, okay, what really makes you happy and, and how can we find that? So that's one nice. thing. Sure. Now, one thing I've discovered uh, through a few friends that I uh, interviewed and uh, figured out, and probably you have as well, is that your definite purpose, your passion, does not always have to be also your job. If you have mm -hmm. a very strong definite purpose or passion, your job can fuel, financially fuel, your purpose and your passion. Uh, not everybody can pursue their passion and purpose as a living, but mm -hmm. I bet it can help them earn more money on their job, especially if they're in sales, because they could pour that extra money into their purpose and passion, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so that's a distinction that uh, uh, not everybody makes. Everybody thinks, or many people think, they can pursue their purpose and passion as their job. Not always the case, but uh, certainly right. if you if you can earn enough money on your job to pursue your passion and make a difference in the world, that often is uh, important for people as well. Now, uh, who, yeah, definitely. Uh, who or what inspires you? Who or what inspires you? Well, I I've learned. What I do now for my own practices to keep motivated is I spend time meditating and I spend time just clearing my mind because I know how hard it is. It, it takes so much focus to be able to not worry. And I, mm -hmm. I'm i really proud to say that I don't worry. I mean, not to say that I, I never absolutely worry or I'm not human, but um, unlike allowing worry to stop me from doing something or take over my time from, you know, enjoying a day off and worrying about work that's coming next week or something that's going on back home kind of thing. That's one thing that I feel really good about. And, uh, and it's just been with clearing my mind. I'm inspired by entrepreneurship. I love talking to people who have business ideas and, and they're wanting to, uh, act on it and they're not really sure what to do. I love being able to talk with them and motivate them. Um, anyone who's going after what it is that they want. So maybe it's not entrepreneurship. Maybe someone can't leave their job or they're just not ready to do that. I love um, talking to people about, well, what can you do now? What kind of things can you start to do now with your uh, your time? How do you make that extra time? I think people will often overlook volunteering when it comes yes. to um to, to building skills and following your passion because my sister is a, a perfect example myself as well and i'm sure there's so many others 
who've received paid work from just from volunteering. And uh, so that, you know, when I hear about volunteerism, those kinds of things really excite me, really inspire me. And also people who yeah. pay for coaching. And I, I don't mean that as a benefit to myself. Pay for coaching anywhere, pay for any type of, uh, whether it's counseling or something that they need to invest in themselves. When I hear about those mm-hmm. things, that's what really inspires me. And um, I'm a fan of Napoleon Hill. I've read his book more than, the, uh, uh, more than a couple of times. And uh, I also mm-hmm. think of Abraham Hicks. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, really, really filling myself with positive information and, um, you know, allowing myself to, to feel good things. I think is,
when was it now? 2014 in February I did it. And so this year I'm working on a, a video project. David Thomas, who is, uh, or sorry, Doug Thomas, who is a photographer in the community, is uh, working with me on that and interviewing couples. And yeah, so I'm excited about that. I'm also a marriage commissioner, although I haven't married anyone yet. Hmm. Yeah. So. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Let's talk about one thing you mentioned that I am a big fan of, promoter of volunteering. I was okay. brought, I was raised in a. My parents volunteered a lot. My mother's been the executive director of more nonprofit organizations than I can <laughs> remember or think of. Uh, yeah. Today she's on the board of the. Food Bank in Mississauga, I forget what it's called. She's been a distress center in Ottawa, president of the board, and my father as well. And my sisters do, well, one of my sisters does a ton of volunteering with World Vision, going to third world countries. And so nice. this is just the environment I was brought up in. And yeah. yet it's it's discouraging and sad to even think amongst my own friends how many people do not volunteer at all. Yeah. And yet there's such joy and there's such mm -hmm. passion and so many good things that come from volunteering, not only helping others, but uh, how you feel about yourself. How did you come into this uh, realization of volunteering and, and get into it as passionately as you have? Because that certainly sets you apart from people mm -hmm. who do little or none. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I remember so many conversations that I've had with uh, with friends or just people that I'm getting to know and will, you know, connect for coffee or see each other on the street. And uh, they'll ask, so what are you up to? And I've usually got like 10 things to tell them. <laughs> this is what I'm up to. And, they're, you know, there's so much. And, and then I'll turn to them and I'll say, so what are you up to? And they're like, oh, not much. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What are you doing with your time? Like, how do you how do you not have time? Right. But I think for me, it really goes back to uh, high school. And my I had some teachers. And like I said, my high school guidance counselor, uh, Mrs. Stargarter, her name is Ruth Stargarter. And, and now as an adult, because we still connect, it's really hard to call her Ruth. I still call her Mrs. Stargarter. <laughs> but um, <laughs> she really encouraged me to do a presentation with some young women in high school and so I had my oldest son while I was still in high school and he came with me to the infant lab is what they called it and uh, so he could go to uh, it was a daycare center while I went to class in high school and so she was really impressed that I was doing well in school I was the first mom in that infant program to make it on the honor roll and um, and so she thought that she would invite me to do a presentation to some other young girls on, I, I actually, I don't even remember what the presentation was on. I remember being so nervous because it was the first time that I had spoke to anyone, especially about my own, you know, my own experiences. But when I was done, I just, I felt really good about sharing that experience and taking taking something out of my own life and, and using it as an example. And so that was nice. sort of my first my first opportunity at, you know, doing something out of the norm. And since then I I just I, I knew that if there was a job that needed to be done, whether there's something that 
you know, a committee, a seat needs to be filled, or, um, you know, a, an event coming up needed someone to keep the traffic off the road, or whatever it was, I, I just knew that this is really important work, and and I enjoy it, and even if I'm not going to get cash for it today, that it's going to benefit me, and I've always just believed in that, and um, I, I, I couldn't imagine it any different. I, I, I know that you can't get paid for everything that you do, but what you get, you know, what you get back from giving all of that is just, it's so much more to me than than having to get paid for everything. Although, I mean, of course, I'm not going to say that that's not important. You definitely have to survive. But I couldn't see myself not volunteering. Exactly. Yeah. The amazing mm-hmm. people you meet when you volunteer is one thing. Mm-hmm. The, the networking is incredible. And it's part of uh, Napoleon Hill's going the extra mile principle. Right. And I wish there was a mathematical formula I could give to people. But you know, if you volunteer a lot, things come back to you, maybe in a mm-hmm. different arena, a different avenue from a different source. But, you know, people might think, wow, you know, wow, you're so lucky that that dropped into your lap. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not so mm-hmm. lucky. I went out and in advance, I paid it forward by volunteering tons of my time. And the universe has, or God has recognized mm-hmm. that and sent me this opportunity. And so uh, I believe so much that you do get back as long as you're not going into yeah. it to get back. If you're going into it with a sincere, right. loving, genuine heart, it will come back to you somehow. God rewards that somehow, some way. I wish there was a formula to let people mm-hmm. know, but it sure does come back uh, to help mm-hmm. and benefit you, doesn't it? Yeah, I definitely agree with you 100%. It's it's definitely been an exciting journey for me. And uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, the award that I received earlier this year was all from the volunteer work that I do, you know, that that recognition. And, and, and really, the you know, the recognition is not so much meaningful besides the fact that it was my peers that had, had you know, recognized me for that. Right. To me, it's just it's such an honor. And, um, you know, I, I didn't start this volunteer work to, to get that award or to you know, get nominated for a specific um, committee or, or position or anything like that. But uh, it's definitely a nice acknowledgement of the work that I do. It is, yes, exactly. You don't go into it for the acknowledgement, but eventually if you do a ton of it like you, you are going mm-hmm. to get acknowledged. Now let's talk about uh, you're an Aboriginal and you're heavily involved in the Aboriginal community. Uh, mm-hmm. Does that does that mean that uh, a good percentage of your uh, coaching clients are from the Aboriginal community as well? Um, I would say about maybe fifty percent of my clients are. So it, it's a good mixture. Um, mm-hmm. I also do some workshops with non-Aboriginal organizations who are looking at building relationships with Aboriginal either employees or maybe this department is going into an Aboriginal community that they, you know, to do some work or mm-hmm. whatever. And, um, and it's, it's, you know, a working better together type of, of workshop. So, nice. But mm-hmm. 50% is a, is a good, uh, is a good percentage and somewhat maybe a, 
a little bit of a niche for you as well. I don't know, uh, although I don't know thousands of life coaches, I don't know any other than you that are life coaches uh, in the Aboriginal community. Yeah, actually, now that you mention it, I don't think that there are. And uh, so, you know, it, it's it's really nice. I think the other thing about becoming a life coach and be, being an entrepreneur that I'd like to mention is, and it's also the Napoleon Hill teachings as well, is that when once I started and I sort of launched it, I remember the first time, you know, wanting to introduce myself as a life coach. And I'm thinking, well, am I really? Like, who have I really life coached at this point? <laughs> And, um, but I knew that if that's what I wanted to be, that's what I had to introduce myself as. And that's what I had to feel good about and feel strong about. And, uh, and so doing that in my community and, and then having everyone recognize me as that made me feel like, oh, wow, look what I've done. So that, <laughs> that was really great in, you know, just being able to, to be bold and, and make that statement. Cause when I first started, people were like, oh, what's a life coach? And, you know, totally blank. (laughs) Yeah. And and so that was in 2012. And now when I tell people that I'm a life coach, they're like, really? That's so cool. (laughs) Tell me more. And and then it's more of a real deep conversation as opposed to me educating them, you know, what the heck is that? So it's nice that that industry has come around that way because, uh, you know, it's it's good for me. (laughs) Right, 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 right. (laughs) And it's kind of uh, cool for me to find out that, you know, people in the Aboriginal community are uh, seeking out uh, life coaches, just like people in every community. Uh, yeah. You, you know, you, we, people used to say even Tiger Woods has a coach, but he's not very great anymore, so let's talk about <laughs> But everybody, every athlete has a coach, uh, and, you know, everybody should have at least an accountability partner, if not a yeah. Coach and and so nice that uh, as an Aboriginal coaching another Aboriginal, you may you would be aware of the unique uh, challenges uh, of the mm-hmm. uh, of being an Aboriginal, and that could uh, you know really set you apart from other life coaches that don't have that same background and life experience. Yeah, for sure. I've um, after high school, I worked for. Uh, Manitoba, Manitoba Hydro, so a large co- corporation, and so that really uh, taught me a lot about, you know, working in a, a corporation company, and um, and then the work that I had done after that, I worked with First Nation communities, so it's really allowed me to to really develop, you know, how do you build that bridge for these two different type of cultures to be working together. And some people will say, well, you know, really, what's the difference? We're all people. But there there really are different parts of the culture that are, um, you know, really important when it comes to those relationships. For example, Aboriginal people, everything is, is built on a relationship. You have to have that relationship in place before any business is going to take place. And people don't always understand that. So, for example, you know, some some larger companies, they want to go in, here's the business deal, take care of it, you know, we're on our way out if you're not signing right away. But really, like, it's it's all about relationships. And if, if that's going to be, you know, your business style, then you're not who we're going <laughs> to work with. All right. So, wow. so these are some really important, um, uh, you know, cultural things that are important for those business things 
to happen sort of thing. So, right. So, yeah. Kind of cool to hear that. Uh, I have a friend who lives in Switzerland, and he kind of says the same thing. Like in Switzerland, you gotta build relationship mm-hmm. over time before you can ever talk about mm-hmm. business. Like if you just do the North American approach of getting yeah. into business right away, talking about business, trying to close, like they will shut you down. And so people yeah. who don't know that the Aboriginal community would not even know that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's a kind of a cool thing for people to understand and for you to be able to help them with to build the relationship before they mm-hmm. try and close any business. Yeah. And that's another reason why I really love customer service. Like it's all about just having a relationship. And, uh, you know, sometimes you go in and out of stores or, you know, businesses that have got frontline customer service and it just, it drives me nuts. And I always wish I could tell them, you know, I, I think that you need customer service training, but you kind of have to be creative with how you can approach that. Although, uh, yeah, it's definitely a passion of mine. I think that all business starts with customer service, right? I mean, there's some business that, you know, yeah, sure, you can buy it online or businesses do happen, but if you want to have a long-term customer that's going to keep coming back to you, refer their friends, all of that kind of stuff, like customer service is, is number one. And with all of the technology that we utilize today, it's even, I think it's even, you know, it's, it's more of a challenge for people and uh, it shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it should be. Uh, Jessica, mm-hmm. let people know where they can find out more about you, how they can contact you, how they, uh, all those things that people need to know to get a hold of you. Okay, well, I can be found on all social media uh, because I'm a little bit of an addict. Um, <laughs> my website is jessicadumas.com, and so I can be found on Facebook and LinkedIn. My um, Twitter handle is at jdiddy2011. And um, my so my company is called Prime Image Life Coaching. I realized I didn't even mention that. But you can right. find that on uh, Facebook as well. And um, I want to just mention something about my twiddle, Twitter handle name because it's kind of funny. But right. I started playing a video game with one of my sons. And this was probably like 2009, 2010, and we had to make up characters. And as a joke, I made my my video game character at J Diddy. And then so when I started Twitter, I didn't really understand what it was, uh-huh. and so I used the same name. And and so a couple of years later, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of silly, but whatever. It's a fun story. So so yeah, that's how I can be found. And uh, like I said, all the social medias I'm on there. Just search my name, Jessica Dumas, and there I am. Excellent. And then, of course, your website's pretty easy, jessicadumas.com, that I'm on right now and looking at. That's a great website, by the way. And Thank so, you. yeah, all all the different ways I'm connected with you on both LinkedIn and Twitter and just sent you a Facebook one as well. So you are pretty easy to find on all of those social networks. <laughs> great. And Good. so, uh, yeah, 
thank you so much for your uh, your time today, Jessica. Uh, it took a while for us to get connected for the interview, but uh, exciting and interesting to learn about uh, yourself, the Aboriginal community, and Certified Coaches Federation, and what you're doing as a life coach to, to help people uh, find and discover and pursue their passion and goals. Uh, appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. And you inspire me with your journey to Success Radio. So I'm really honored to be your guest today. Have an amazing day. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at TomTooTall.com for details.